0: welcome back to Endopod. If you're new here, hi, my name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third-year medical student. Today we'll be discussing about antipsychotic drugs and how the side effects can cause patients to develop type 2 diabetes in the long run. Antipsychotic drugs are widely prescribed to control various mental disorders whose symptoms include psychotic experiences. These include schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, bipolar disorder and mania. At certain circumstances, it may also be used to treat severe anxiety, agitation and severe forms of delirium. To get a better idea of how antipsychotics work, we need to be aware of four important pathways in the brain involving dopamine. It isn't just the feel-good hormone that we know of, it is an important chemical messenger in the brain too. These four pathways are the mesolimbic pathway, mesocortical pathway, nigrostriatal pathway and the tubero-infundibular pathway. I'm not going to go into full details about how these pathways work, but just know that they're important for various brain functions and rely on dopamine. For example, the mesolimbic pathway is connected to our brain's reward system, hence giving the popular name of the feel-good hormone to dopamine. This reinforces anything that makes us feel good, such as food and sexual intercourse. Certain drug addictions work through this pathway too. All antipsychotic drugs have the ability to reduce this reward pathway, which is relevant to positive schizophrenia symptoms such as hallucinations and delusions. Now let's move on to the type of antipsychotics. That was a whole load of pathways, but what does this mean in terms of side effects for patients taking them? There are two generations of antipsychotics. The first generation were licensed in 1950 and were known as typical antipsychotics. These tend to block dopamine D2 receptors in all four pathways mentioned previously, which means that dopamine released in this pathway has less effects. However, these will lead to severe neuromuscular side effects, commonly known as extrapyramidal side effects or more simply, movement-related side effects. This includes akathisia which is an inner restless involuntary movement and acute dystonia which are repetitively involuntary contraction of certain muscles and parkinsonism which includes slow movement, hand tremor and shuffling footsteps. The second generation of antipsychotics were licensed in 1990 and were referred to as atypical antipsychotics which also tend to block all four dopamine pathways. These were preferred as they caused less severe neuromuscular side effects than the first generation. However, they are more likely to cause serious metabolic side effects including rapid weight gain and hyperglycemia or high blood sugar, which eventually leads to type 2 diabetes mellitus. As mental disorders are mostly chronic diseases, these drugs are often prescribed for many years and can cause serious glucometabolic side effects. Hence, understanding the mechanism of antipsychotic drug-induced diabetes will be helpful in preventing and treating these side effects. Diabetes is characterized by high blood sugar due to insufficient insulin production or resistance to insulin. As you all may know, insulin is secreted by the pancreas and is known to promote glucose metabolism to produce energy. Without the production of insulin or if the body is resistant to it, blood sugar will not be maintained at normal levels. There are a few explanations behind the cause of antipsychotic drug-induced diabetes and I will list it out here for you. Firstly, antipsychotics can inhibit the insulin signaling pathway in the targeted cells such as muscle cells, liver cells and fat cells causing insulin resistance. Insulin resistance refers to the situation where the target cells lose response to insulin stimulation and thus reduce sugar uptake so there's more sugar in the blood. Basically when insulin tells them to take up sugar they say no. Secondly, antipsychotics can result in obesity due to hyperlipidemia and hypertriglycemia, high lipids and triacylglycerols in the blood, or in simple terms, high fat levels in the blood. Antipsychotics are among the most obesogenic medications and obesity is closely associated with the development of type 2 diabetes. As many as 50% of antipsychotic treated patients have gained weight. Patients often describe an increase in appetite and food intake and this is mainly caused by a huge increase of the hormone leptin, which is our hunger hormone. Lastly, antipsychotics can cause direct damage to beta cells in the pancreas. Pancreatic beta cells are the only type of cells that secrete insulin antipsychotics can alter the function of these cells leading to beta cell death and less insulin being produced. So it's becoming clearer that antipsychotics act on glucose and insulin homeostasis or balance in a variety of direct and indirect mechanisms. As discussed above, multiple mechanisms are involved in antipsychotic induced diabetes, including increased obesity, insulin resistance and beta cell damage. At present, there is no effective approach to overcome these side effects. However, screening, monitoring and prevention of these changes caused by antipsychotic drugs could be critical key to improve these patients' clinical outcomes. This has been acknowledged in numerous national and international guidelines. In the UK, opportunistic screening for the development of type 2 diabetes in patients taking antipsychotics has been ongoing in the community. Initial evaluation has been included in pre-treatment screening as well as education. Repeat metabolic risk assessment is also universally recommended if individuals are switched from one medication to another. Diabetes and mental illness can both be challenging lifelong conditions but opportunities exist for healthcare professionals to improve the current situation for this potentially vulnerable and high-risk group. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and thank you for listening in. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and give this podcast a share. If you have any requests for future podcasts then let us know. As always we're very grateful for the support we are receiving. Before I go, I want to say a big thank you to Alan Yap, our Society's fifth year representative, who was involved in the making of this episode. Stay safe and happy, this is Hepsi Xavier, signing off. Disclaimer. Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society is a student-led organisation, and the content provided through Endopod is solely for informative purposes. This does not replace advice of a doctor or any other healthcare professional. The medical students involved in the making of this episode are in the third and fifth year of their medical studies. All the information provided in this episode was researched on appropriate resources and they're available in the episode description. Thank you for listening.